Hi, it's Josh here again, one of the pastors at West Valley Christian Church, where we exist to love God and love people. And I want to welcome you to our church podcast. We live in a time where we can connect with people in more ways than ever before. So why is there so much disconnect when it comes to the different relationships we have? Join us as we look into what God has to say about the topic of relationships and how we can enjoy them. Hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, well, welcome everybody. Really? That's it? All right. Well, <laughs> well, uh, here's the deal. Um, I, I want to say this before uh, we actually get officially into the sermon, and we're doing our next uh, series here uh, on Connect. But, uh, you know, one of our core values is fun. And we want to make sure we're having some fun in church. And I, I just want to let you know that you're sitting where almost 100 teenagers sat for 24 hours. And so Friday night at 5 till 5, 5 o'clock last night, we had a bunch of teenagers from three churches and a bunch of crazy adults that are willing to hang out with teenagers. And, and they just hung out and, and loved the, up on the Lord and did amazing things. Amen? And so literally, I came in expecting this place to be trashed because when I spoke yesterday, it was trashed. I mean, sorry, but there was a bunch of teenage boys. They slept right in here. Let's just say it smelled like a locker room, but, and then the, and then, and then the gym was all, I mean, but isn't that awesome, church? Isn't that awesome? We love, we love our teenagers, amen? And uh, thank you for Katie and her leadership and, and all that happened there. And then um, just, just thinking, just let you know also that next Sunday after church, the second service, any of you that you just started attending church this year at West Valley, so the, over the last seven weeks, I want to personally invite you to come have lunch with me over in the connecting place, which is about a 30-second walk this way, unless you're really slow then maybe a minute with traffic. And uh, we're going to have lunch, and I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share the church's story. I'm going to share God's story. We call that Meet the Pastor, so I'd love for you to come check that out. Amen? All right. Um, guys up there, do we have a video on dating? Yeah? Can, can, I want to sh- you know, just continue with this th- thing on fun. Um, can we draw our attention to the screen here? Are we good on that? Yes? All right. I want you to just look as we're going to talk a little bit about dating. And we'll, we'll see this comedian, John Chris, and his thoughts. Or not. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to do that. So we'll, they'll have fun second service. So there. Let's, um, let's do this. We're going to pray, and then uh, we're going to go forward on uh, this message. God, thank you so much for just bringing us together. Thank you for um, pulling us out of bed. Uh, Thank you for the weekend that we've experienced, the good, uh, the bad, and the ugly. Thank you, God, for relationships. And uh, I say that loosely because sometimes relationships are difficult, and and I think a lot of us uh, realize that. But we do thank you, God, that you did not uh, put us here on this earth to do this thing called um, relationships alone. Uh, God, I love you, and and we love you. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do in this service. And I'm praying, God, that uh, you would continue to work through uh, each person's heart and mind as as we delve into this topic. I love you. We love you. In the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, 
Amen. So we did start this new series called Connect. Last week I spent the entire sermon talking about what the Bible says about relationship. Do you guys remember that? And if you, if you didn't get that, you could check out our YouTube channel. You could check out Facebook or our website and hear the messages. But laid a strong foundation for relationships. God said that it's not good for man to be alone. And, and when we're, we isolate ourselves, which is what we tend to do when life gets hard and relationships guard, get hard, but that's where the devil wants to get us when we're alone. So whether you like them or not, we've got to invest in relationship. And there's all sorts of relationships out there. But uh, I'm going to delve into three specific ones uh, these next three weeks. And like I said last week, we're going to be talking about dating today. And some of you automatically are going like, wait a second, I've been married 52 years. What do I need to know about dating? Well, man, your wife's saying, no, you need to listen. No, no. <laughs> but, but, but all joking aside, no matter what stage you're in, if you're ever going to date ever again, or you don't care about dating, or you've been there, done that, or you're in that, whatever stage it is, God, I want you to engage in this. I want you to learn from this because your nephew might need to hear this. Your niece might need to hear this. Your grandchild might need to hear this. Your neighbor might need to hear this. So we're going to wrestle with this together, and we're going to come to some conclusions. And uh, you may agree or disagree with me, but... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So, so this whole topic of dating, I was thinking, well, what's your credentials, Denton? What's your credentials, Pastor Rob? Well, here's the deal. I don't have any, really. <laughs> I've been out of the game for a <clears throat> long time. Uh, coming up on 29 years married, uh, my wife and I dated for almost four years. So if you do all that math, I know you're thinking you started dating when you were six. I get it. I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so here's, here's the truth. I, I know. I know. Times have changed. Amen. I don't get the whole swipe left and swipe right thing. Some of you have no clue what I just said. You don't get dating either today. You know, some of you, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, you're, you're into the courtship and all that kind of stuff. That ain't the issue now. You know, it used to be go to the church or go to a bar to find a date. Now it's just go to the website. Okay, so I understand that dating has changed. I don't have a whole lot of credentials. When I, when I decided to, to go out with Lisa, I met her the day I got baptized at this church. And we're on a, we, our, our church used to have two big yellow buses, like long yellow buses, and, and they packed it full of teenagers and sent us down to Orange County, and there was girls sitting behind me on the bus. I might have been seeing another girl at that time. I'm not saying yes or no, but uh, there was this girl behind me, and I tied her shoelaces together, and, and I say this. She fell in love with me, and her name was Lisa Watkins, and she's sitting over here, okay? So, um, so we started dating, and you know, I went all out first date in my 67 must date picked her up. That's right. I took her over to that fancy restaurant called El Tarritos. <laughs> I said, babe, you get anything you want as long as it's under $6. <laughs> and then I took her to the movie theater that used to be over there and we saw Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, that's right. This guy right here. If you're trying to figure out how to impress a woman, you just, you could steal all that that I just gave you. <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. She's looking over there throwing up, but uh, my mother-in-law's over there too. The greatest day of her life. <laughs> Can I get an amen, Patty Watkins? There you go. All right. <laughs> this is fun. 
so, so I don't know much about dating, okay? But so I asked, I asked the staff to send me their dating tips. I asked, I asked my life group to send me their dating tips. So here's, here's some stuff that came my way. Some of it's ridiculous. Some of it's good. You figure out which one's what. Okay, so, so here's dating advice from life group members, people in the church here, and uh, the staff. Uh, keep, your wa- keep your body away from his. <laughs> Two, always bring a mint. <laughs> Number three, it's important to maintain other relationships with your friends and not give your whole life over to the person you're dating. Number four, leave room for Jesus. That might go back to number one, too. Uh, number five, don't date to impress, date to relate. Number six, be yourself. Number seven, get a life before you get a wife. <laughs> number eight, go slow. And I like this. They, 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 they processed this out. They said, start with intellectual intimacy, then go to emotional intimacy, then go to spiritual intimacy, and then to physical intimacy, and then after marriage, go to sexual intimacy. Pretty good. Number nine, keep your eyes focused on Jesus and run the race marked out for you. Every once in a while, take a look to your left and your right. If someone is keeping up with you, consider dating them. Now, those were good, most of them. But I went to the dating professional. And I had dinner with them. It happened to be at my dinner table, and it's my son, Easton. <laughs> Age 11, going on 52. And Lisa and I are sitting there, and I said, Easton, that's speaking on dating. This is Monday night. I said, Dad, speaking on dating this weekend. You got any advice? And he just kind of rolled his eyes. I said, no, son. Why don't you, why don't you tell me? Why don't you give me some dating advice? I, I wasn't quite sure he was going to give me answers, but it was so good I pulled out my phone, and this is what he says. Number one, pull out your phones, especially you single people. Eat nice on your first date. Number two, don't smell. Ladies, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Number three. I, again, I have no idea where he gets this stuff. Wait until you're at least 15. <laughs> Number four. I, I can't make this stuff up, church. Number four. Don't date crazy religion girls. <laughs> I'm like, Easton, what do you mean? Like, like crazy, crazy religious girls? Like, like, you know, crazy Christian Jesus freaks? Dad, No. There's crazy religions out there, and if the girl believes in one of them, don't date her. I'm thinking, maybe you should write all my sermons, son. He says, number five, give her gifts. Can I get an amen, ladies? And number six, he says, spend time with her. I mean, we could say amen, and we're done, amen? I mean, there's some good dating right there. So what advice would you give me if I asked you that a question? What advice would you give a friend? What advice would you give a grandchild? What advice would you give if you were asked about what dating advice would you give? So now the rest of the message, I get to share my thoughts. And I'm going to give you, if I have time, I'm going to give you four myths and then four commandments. Are you ready? 
So pull out your phones, pull out your paper, whatever you need. And uh, here's myth number one. Myth number one, the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about it. Like what? Yeah, that's a myth. Because guess what the Bible has to say about dating? Nothing. <laughs> Go figure, that's a tough sermon to prepare for. The Bi- there's, there's no word in the Bible that even hints to dating. Uh, because historically, marriages were what? They were pre-arranged. But I did kind of go in the scripture and get some that might be close to dating. And so, if you have your Bibles, if you don't raise your hand, these fine gentlemen are going to make their way down. The rest of you got them on uh, your Bible apps. We're going to go to Judges chapter 21. That's right, Judges chapter 21, page 248. Judges chapter 21, and, and just you're just not going to believe this. Judges chapter 21, verse 15, the people grieved in Benjamin because the Lord had made a gap in the tribes of Israel. Verse 16, and the elders of the assembly said, with the women of Benjamin destroyed, how should we provide wives for the men who are left? That's a good question, isn't it? The Benjaminite survivors must have heirs, they said, so that a tribe of Israel will not be wiped out. We can't give them our daughters as wives since we Israelites have taken this oath. Cursed be anyone who gives a wife to Benjaminite. But look, there is the annual festival of the Lord in Shiloh, which lies uh, north of Bethel, east of the road that goes from Bethel to Shechem and south of Lebanon. Verse 20. So they instructed, here it is, church. So they instructed the Benjamites saying, go. Okay, here's the best dating thing that I can, the closest thing. Go and hide in the vineyards and watch. When the women, look, 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 watch. When the women of Shiloh come out and join in the dancing, rush from the vineyards and each of you sees one of them to be your wife. <laughs> <laughs> then return to the land of Benjamin where they're their fathers or their brothers complain as well. We will say to them, do us a favor of helping them because we did not get the wives for them during the war. You will not be guilty of breaking your oath because you did not give your daughters to them. Now here it is. So that is what the Benjamites did. While the young women were dancing, each man caught one and carried her off to be his wife. That's the closest thing to dating I could see in scripture. Now, do you see why this could get you in trouble? I know some of you guys are going, great, we're going to Sagebrush Cantina after services. We're going to go hide in the bushes. And when we see one on the morning, we're just going to go grab her, throw her over our shoulder, and we're going to Pastor Robin. He's marrying him. <laughs> Happy everlasting. Okay, let me give you one more. First, Samuel. I know some of you are praying for me right now. That's a good thing. First Samuel, 17. That might sound familiar to some of you. It's a very, very famous passage. It's the whole David and Goliath. But tucked in there is maybe, maybe, maybe some dating advice. 1 Samuel 17, verse 25. Ready? Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? Referring to Goliath, right? He comes out to defy Israel. The king 
will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will be exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Church, we could laugh because it's not about you going and slaying a giant and getting a gift of a trophy wife. The Bible does not talk about dating. Again, historically, it was prearranged marriages. And then it went to, in about the 1800s, it went to um, what we call courting. You guys ever remember hearing those stories? Maybe it was your grandparents telling your story, your great-grandparents, your, maybe your parents, and, and courting. And, and so what would happen is, as a young man, if you were spiritually right and financially right, you could go to a girl that you were interested's home, you would knock on the door, and you would introduce yourself to the father. And, and it was at that point where the father and mother made the decision if you were even allowed into the home, and, and courting happened. The relationship was built underneath the roof and the watchful eye of the entire family. You want to go back to those days? The honest truth is I think we did better statistically. <laughs> so, so there was courting. And you know what's interesting? Yeah, I went off on a rabbit trail this week on just kind of learning about the history of dating. But you know what, where, where that changed is around the 1920s. You know what happened in the 1920s? Automobiles. And automobiles changed, changed courting into more like dating because all of a sudden you had colleges and you had the workplace and then you had the ability to, to be mobile. And so people would actually start going out together to movies and such. And then you fast forward to 1960. Do I need to say anything? <laughs> A lot of you were there. 1960s, free love. And all of a sudden, dating and relationships went to a whole new level. And all of a sudden, you, to live together before you were married was taboo. It happened, but very taboo. You know, in 1960s, living with each other went up 800%. And you know what else went up really high during that time? Divorce. So this gives us a little bit of history. And then you go to 1995, and, and, then, and then dating changed completely again. Why? Internet. Internet. Online dating. And if I don't get there today, you know, I, I, I do a lot of premarital with couples before I marry them. And, and, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, you know, the question is, how did you meet? And it was always like an embarrassing thing. And eventually they'll go, oh, well, we met online. Or they just lie to me. And I don't, I don't quite understand, but there's no shame in that anymore. You know, I'm not in that world, but it kind of makes sense. I'm not saying yay or nay to it, because, again, I don't, I don't know that world. But don't, don't be ashamed of that. At least that's what I think. So, so the myth is, number one, is the Bible talks about it. The Bible does not talk about dating. Myth number two, you have to date. For some reason, our culture, even today, and I, I guess it's changing, but there's a pressure to say that if you're not married, there's something wrong with you. And I want to tell you something, especially to my single friends. You're all that in a bag of chips. 
Just because you go to the holiday parties and Aunt Susie walks up to you and says, oh, honey, when are you going to get married? Or your parents roll their eyes every time in, in, in disgust of wondering what's going on, what's wrong with my child because they're not married. I want to tell you something. And we'll get there even again later. But you, you're not weird because you're not married. You actually might be more normal than us married people. <laughs> Is that okay? First Corinthians. First Corinthians, and again, we're not going to get to delve into any one of these things a lot. They're all sermons within themselves, but I want to give you some things that uh, biblically back up some of the th- reasons why I'm sharing what I'm sharing. First Corinthians chapter 7 is a whole chapter dedicated to marriage and really singleness. And I want to I just dive right into First uh, Corinthians chapter 7 verse 8. And after he gives some married advice, he says, now, verse 8, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is what? It is good. It is what? It is what, church? It is good for them to stay what? Unmarried. As I do. So Paul's saying, I'm, I'm not married. But if they cannot, what? If they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with what? Passion. Church, we're going to say it. It's sex. It's talking about sex. Sex. And this topic is, is, is just, Paul's basically saying this. You know what? It's better to be single. It's better to be single. And this isn't the only passage that uh, shows this. But, but it's better to be single. But if you're struggling with lust and passion, it's better for you to get married than to burn in that. Now, please hear this. What I'm not saying is just get married for sex. Again, an entirely another different sermon. But what is, what, why I think this is important is to bust myth number two. You have to date. You don't have to date. Oh, but pastor, you shared the passage. It's not good for man to be alone last week in Genesis. Yes. But again, I said last week, this isn't just about husband and wife. It just says you need to be in relationship. You are not built to do life alone. You could be single and have a lot of good friends. Amen. And you could do life not alone, but with a a, a group of people. That's what this is referring to. So myth number one, the Bible talks about dating. Nope. Myth number two, you have to date. No, you don't. But my friend says I do. No, your friend is your friend. And if they're giving you that advice, maybe you should have a different friend. And please hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that dating's wrong. I'm not saying that marriage is bad. What I'm saying is scripture says being single is better. Why? First Corinthians chapter seven. Let me just give you one example. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 32. Paul says, I would like like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about what? The Lord's affairs. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. 
An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How can he please the Lord is what is, is on his mind. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of the world, how he could please his wife, and his interests are divided. And an unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of the world and how she could please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided uh, devotion to the Lord. Now, some of you married people are going, why didn't you share this passage six years ago, pastor? Now, don't say it out loud. But here's what I've learned. All that are single want to be married and most that are married want to be single. Okay, both are work. And the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. And again, I'm going to be talking about marriage and God, God blesses marriage and marriages can be wonderful and beautiful and all this stuff, but we don't hear about the other side oftentimes. And because we don't hear about the other side, our single adults especially feel like they're less than because they're not married. And I want to let you know, if you're a single adult in this church, we love you. You are special. And if we do ever anything to make you feel less than, then we apologize for that. But you are a part of the family of God. And this passage says it. You have more freedom. I can't even tell you how many times over the years I've had one or the other, a man or a woman, a husband or a wife, come into my office and say, Pastor, I would love to go to Samoa with you, but my wife doesn't want me to go. I would love to go on the Arizona trip, but my husband says no. And vice versa. I mean, there's a lot of things that a lot of times people want to do that they feel that the Lord is calling them to do, but because their, their spouse is not on the same page, they're, they're handcuffed. And one of the things that you need to do as a single person, and I understand I haven't been single in a long time, and so I understand that I don't get your world, but I've heard enough about it, and I see the realities of it. Don't, don't be depressed in your singleness. Be free in your singleness. And say, Lord, thank you that I, I am who I am, and that gives me the freedom. If I just want to jump on a plane and go to Samoa, then I'll jump on a plane and go to Samoa. If I want to volunteer in the kids' ministry, then I just make that decision. I get to volunteer to go in the kids ministry. And if I want to go out to Mission Burrito tonight, I go out to Mission Burrito tonight. <laughs> I think the Bible has a lot to say about that. Myth number three. Oh, this one. And these are kind of my things. This one really is, I'm very passionate about he or she will complete me. Now, church, that's a what? That's a lie. That's a myth. He or she will complete me. I was meeting with someone this week and goes, oh, I found my soulmate. Church, you can say that to me and that's fine. I just, I think that's baloney. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Prevent sending the emails and the texts and all that. I'm saying, sorry, and this is just my personal opinion. I believe there's a lot of people I could have married. And just to be fair, my wife could have married a lot better people than she married with me. There's not just that one person out there, my soulmate, that's going to complete me. When I read scripture, you are complete. You don't need, if you're a man, a woman to make you whole. 
And if you're, a, if you're a woman, you don't need no man to make you whole. When I read scripture, God says that he made you and I in his image and he did a good job and enough, it's done. Now, can a person compliment us? Yes, but they don't complete us. God didn't make a half of us and go, oh, I hope they go find that other half. Oh, no, not that one. Oh, no, not that one. Oh, no, not that one. Now, is there better and best choices? Yes. Is there bad and good choices? Absolutely. But it's not like some people are like in my office going, I got to find that one. He's out there. God's got him all ready for me. She's, she's out there. She's she, she just, she just got to be found. I got to go in the bushes and just pop, pop on her and throw her over my shoulder. We're good to go. God did not make halves. He made holes. Relationships are meant to complement, not to complete. And my heart breaks. You know, we just had this crazy holiday called Valentine's. Someone said, Pastor, what did you and your wife do for Valentine's? I said, what are you talking about? Valentine's Day is every day at my house. (laughs) (laughs) And they went, oh, really? Lisa, right? (laughs) She's laughing. But my mother-in-law knows the truth. It breaks my heart, though, how many people just feel like, especially on a holiday like that that we just passed, and they just feel so depressed and so lonely and so, like, ugly and so... It's like, no. No. You don't need a man to complete you. You don't need a woman to complete you. Those are all myths. Can I get an amen if you believe that? Amen. All right. I'm not going to ask for the other. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> this one... Go, pop it up there before I say it. <laughs> John Stauberger gave me that one. I wouldn't have done that. Just kidding. You know, that's a myth. Amen? It's like, you know what? <sighs> if only I were married, then I'll be happy. But until I get married, I don't get to be experience happiness. And I want to tell you something. That is a lie from the devil. Scripture talks about our joy and being complete comes from the Lord. It's not coming from an event that happens in life. And I know I might be coming across like anti-marriage. We're, we're preaching a whole sermon next week on marriage. And again, I believe God ordains that relationship. And I believe there's amazing things that happen. But I don't think we talk enough in church about how amazing singleness is also. Marriage doesn't equal happy. If you're not happy as a single person, you're not going to be happy as a married person. You hear that? Now, the only exception to marriage equals happy as being a myth is um, Lisa Denton. Because she gets this. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys are whack today. (laughs) 
Marriage equals happy is a myth. Now let's get on to the let's get on to some commandments. I'm going to call them commandments. And, and really, I stole it. Uh, I, 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 I taught this for many years to our college students on the Ten Commandments of Dating. Here's a great resource if, if you want one and for any age, the Ten Commandments of Dating. Uh, since I'm, I'm, I'm sharing resources, Andy Stanley has a book called um, Love, Sex, and Dating. If you want something in your hands, this is a great resource also. And then Gary Smalley um, has a son named uh, Michael. And Gary's like a, a relationship guru. And his son and I believe uh, his wife, Amy uh, Smalley, they, they wrote a, a book called Don't Date Naked. And I think that's a great resource too. Um, so there's, there's three resources there. But the Ten Commandments of Dating uh, is really good stuff. So I'm stealing um, just that verbiage. And I want to give you four. I want to give you four um, dating commandments. Number one, thou shalt get a life. So if, you, if you've decided, man, I want to get into that, game, that dating thing, you know, I, I'm just not meant to be alone and, and, and that's fine, you know, good, good for you and you're ready. Um, and this is what I say to everybody that comes to my office or we're talking at Starbucks or wherever uh, is, is, is here's the number one rule for dating. Thou shalt get a life because if you don't have a life before you start dating, you're not going to have a life after you date. Um, you need to first be that person you're looking for. Did you catch that? You need to first be that person you're looking for. So I think the healthy thing is that we come into a relationship whole, fulfilled, goal-orientated, debt-free, spiritually walking with the Lord. And kind of like that one quote, as we're running with Jesus, once in a while, look to the left and right. If someone's keeping up with you, that might be someone that you should be dating with. But you see, some, so, so many of the times... It's just the opposite. We're dating out of desperation. We're dating out of depression. Or we're dating out of dependency. And we're broken people entering into the dating world. And what we attract is what? Broken people. And then what happens is we're wondering why this relationship isn't working. And then we end up in Pastor Rob's office, which is fine. And we go, I don't get it. And, and, and not to be rude, it's just reality of 30 years of having couples in my, in my office. It's obvious to everyone but the couple. Because what happens is hurt people hurt people. And so if, we, if we're not complete in who we are, then we attract incomplete people and we try to either complete them and fix them before we fix ourselves. And then we've got two halves that come together and they think they're going to be a whole. But the only whole is a whole lot of mess. Because nobody's poop smells the first three months. Love is in the air, right? Everything's wonderful. I found my soulmate. He's the best thing ever. She's the best thing ever. And then you really get to know each other. And by then, you've already prematurely probably had sex, which complicates things really crazy. And then you're all jacked up, but because you don't want to be alone, you stay with that person. And in some cases, you go through mental abuse and physical abuse, or you go through um, just uh, trying to motivate this guy that just was Mr. Wonderful, but now does nothing but play video games. Or this girl that was so sweet that never talked, but now all she does is yak, 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 yak about all the negative things. 
And you wonder what happened. Now, church, I laugh, but let's think about this. The number one most important decision you ever make in your life is to say yes to Christ. And that's why John 10.10 says that that Jesus came to give us life and give it to us in the full. John 14.6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25 says that I am the resurrection and the life. So what's the consistency in all that? If you really want life, you need Jesus. You don't need a man or a woman. You know, if if, if you have not figured out your relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to be mean here, don't you dare bring someone else into your mess. You get right with Jesus, and that's for us as married people too. That's the most important thing. You get right with Jesus Christ. You get to the point where you don't need another man or a woman, and then you're ready to date. And I say that all the time when people go, when am I ready to date? When you don't need to. You're ready to date when you don't need to. Because now you're coming to a relationship whole with the gas can ready to give instead of the vacuum cleaner going to suck the life out of them. You see what happens, we often have two relationships as vacuum cleaners, they just suck, 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 suck. Can you imagine a relationship where two people come with a gas can and all they do is add value to one another? Again, utopia, perfect world, but that's something to think about. Are you mad at me yet? You see, I have a dollar bill right here. And on it is stamped uh, George Washington's face. That's the image of George Washington. It's stamped on here. This tells me something. Church, you have the image of God stamped on you. That's whose you are. take that into a relationship. Mark chapter 5 tells the story of a man that was demon-possessed, cutting himself, hard, heartache and pain. Uh, uh, then you've got uh, John chapter 4 talks about the story of a woman uh, at the well. And in both situations, these are broken people that had all kinds of crazy relationships, especially the woman at the well. She even says, you know, I've been married this and this and this. And Jesus goes, I know. So she's just going from one dysfunctional relationship to the other. And what Jesus says is you don't need physical water. You need living water, and I'm him. Mark chapter 5, the demon-possessed man, he didn't go. Jesus didn't say, well, go into another relationship with someone that's laying there in the graveyard, and then you guys could just cut stones together. But both situations, they came to Jesus, and they got right with him. And that's where their lives changed. If you want to get into dating, just make sure you have a life. Number two, thou shalt use your brain. Romantic love has nothing to do with real love. Can I get an amen? I'm just going to be rude here, but most guys are thinking below their waist when it comes to dating. And women, you fill in the blank where you're thinking. But both sexes need to think with this. How many times people walked in my office and said, I saw the signs. I knew I shouldn't be with him. I knew I shouldn't be with him. My friends said, and we threw aside our brain and we just sought with our heart and everything else. Church, God gave us a brain. He gave us free will. He didn't tell us who we're to marry if we're to marry. But he gave us a brain. He says, you connect with me and the Holy Spirit works with you. And as we're connected together, we're going to bring that right person in there. 
And using your brain also means don't do dating alone. You need to have a tribe. Because history says I make bad choices. History tells me you make bad choices. So we need to have those godly people in our lives that we trust that could speak into our, our dating relationships that could say, you know what, I think that guy's just not good for you or that girl's not good for you. And how many of us would not have been, had all that heartache in our life if we would have just listened to wise godly counsel? That first actually started in our own brain where we said, I knew better. Colossians chapter three, verse one and seven. It speaks of that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it speaks of wise counsel. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, speaks of wise counsel. The third thou shalt is thou shalt be equally yoked. Oh, I knew you were going to go there, pastor. Well, yeah, it's in the Bible. Second Corinthians. And again, I could give you heartache story after heartache story of people that just said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to win them to Jesus. It doesn't matter. I'm going to bring her to the Lord. But, you know, Easton said it best. Don't, tra- don't, don't, don't date those crazy women, religious women. Well, you know, why? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 says this. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteous and wickedness have in common? Or what does fellowship, what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and basically the word is the devil? Now, just common sense says, why would you as a Christ follower unite yourself with someone that hasn't made Jesus Christ their Lord? I know it sounds really narrow-minded and it sounds uncaring and it's all those, I've heard it all, but I'm just talking practical. Why would you align yourself with someone that didn't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? You are not even close to the same page. You go, Pastor, what does it matter? I'll tell you what matters. With our college people, about 40, 50 people in a room one year, I brought a woman at our church, still attends here, uh, that decided that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a value at, at one point in her life. And so she gets married to an unbeliever, and she's still married to that unbeliever. He's a great guy. But she, we interviewed her in front of 40, 50 college people and say what it's like to be married to a non-Christian. And the thing that broke my heart was at the end when I said, what is it that you can't do with your husband? And she just started bawling in front of everyone. She says, I can't pray with him. And as we go through hard things, I'm alone. Now, we're not even talking about tithing and finances and time and all those other parenting and all that stuff. But just practically speaking, I would challenge you if you're getting into the dating game that you need to say, I can't be unequally yoked. I really, as a Christ follower, need to find someone that is a Christ follower. And the last thing I'm going to say is this, thou shalt go slow. Thou shalt go slow. You don't get to know a person in a short time. You need time to bond, and you need to protect yourself in getting attached too quick. Church, that was a fire hose there. Wrestle with it, argue with it, add to it, subtract to what I shared with you. But the Bible may not have a lot to quote unquote say about dating, but it does. Father in heaven, I pray for our single people sitting in here right now, especially. I pray that they feel loved. I pray that they feel complete. I pray that they feel special. And I pray as they even evaluate this stuff in their own present situations, 
that you would help them to have the courage to make good choices. And for those of us that are married, may we be strong supports to those of us that have single friends. And may we be that wise counsel. We may draw some stuff from today's sermon. We may draw stuff from our own life experiences. But God, we pray against the devil that he would have anything to do with any of these relationships. God, thank you. Thank you for the grace that finds itself all over this. Because I've made mistakes. We've made mistakes in this specific area. God, we love you. In the powerful name of Jesus, all God's people said. for listening. If this message was helpful, why not share it with a friend or a family member? For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org. Have a great day.